The New Age Christianity Podcast is brought to you by... Christian family. This is Austin Fletcher. You are listening to the New Age Christian Podcast, and this is episode number 57. So today we're going to talk about purpose, specifically the purpose of life, the individual purpose-driven life, if you will. If you remember that book by Rick Warren, while I do believe it was a good book and it had a lot of good things to say, I also have some different opinions about it 22 years later that uh, I want to share with you about why I believe the purpose-driven life is more like the purpose-driven lie. Not because people don't have purpose, but because a lot of what I have seen over the years from that book and from that concept has actually produced some pretty frustrating fruit in a lot of people's lives. And if that's one of you, if you if that's you, if you're one of those people that has been frustrated because you've not been able to find your purpose, hopefully this episode will help you out. I know for me, it's changed a lot of my perspectives. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to having some fun. All right, so the purpose-driven lie. I uh, I know it's a uh, the title of this particular one is a bit on the nose. It's it's uh, maybe a bit shocking because. Uh, Especially those of you who know me and my my uh, sense of purpose and the the true north that I have always pursued, you know, it's one of those things. I I'm one of those people that for my entire life I do I have believed that I had a purpose. I didn't need to read a book to tell me that. I have always believed that I have existed to change the world. At the end of the last episode, I even said, "Let this episode, let this be a statement of who I'm going to be and what I'm going to do. I am creating it, and I'm grateful and thankful for it." But, uh, you know, at, at, at the end of that episode, finishing off with kind of this bold, hey, I'm going to go change the world, watch, watch me do this. Um, I also realized that that can, especially in the Christian world, that kind of confidence, that kind of declaration for a lot of people kind of produces, I don't know, for some people it's an eye roll at this point, just kind of like, oh my gosh, here we go again. Uh, he's going to change the world, you know. And then other people, it's a sense of, it's a, it can be a source of condemnation. It can be a source of frustration. I've known quite a few people, some people who have been very, very close to, who have spent their entire adult life trying to find their purpose, trying to discover why they exist, why they're on this planet. And they have not really ever found that thing that just kind of locks in and it makes them feel like they've answered that question finally. And as someone who has had that sense of fulfillment my entire life, I can also tell you, it for me, it has been still a journey of searching out. I have the energy of it, but what's the functionality of changing the world? What's the functionality of purpose? And so it's not, you know, just, just having the energy and feeling like you have a, a great purpose is not necessarily all it's cracked up to be either. So I think... It's worth revisiting what Rick Warren was trying to say, and I think in a lot of ways he did say it. And here's and this is when I want to introduce or interject a um, 
a disclaimer here. I think it's a great book. I think The Purpose Driven Life has lots of great insights. I do think that there is scriptural things taken out of context. I do think that there are philosophical questions that I would have these days, especially as I've grown and changed a lot. And being a new age Christian, you know, that's kind of what we do. So I'm not saying it's an awesome book, go read it, and and I agree 100% with it. But I do think it, it was an innocent enough book, right? I'm not here to pick on Rick Warren. I'm not here to pick on that book. I'm not here to say that it's, you know, to give some negative review or anything like that. I'm here to talk about 22 years later. So it was published in 1997. Almost 22 years later, I have seen a lot of fruit of this book. And you, if you know me, if you listen to this podcast, you know that I always say, judge a message by its fruit. And I even had, I, I talked about that, I think I had done a whole episode, and one of the things I talked about there was not judging other people's fruit, but judging what somebody's message does in you. And so that's where I'm saying, this is a great book, and a lot of people have read Purpose Driven Life, and it has produced amazing fruit in them. They, it woke them up, it set them on the right path, and so the Purpose Driven Life as a message in of itself is wonderful. But... I've seen many, many, many people, if not honestly, a majority of people who've come across that concept, moving beyond Rick Warren's book, the concept that everyone has a purpose, everyone's here to change the world, it's unique, God-given, he set you, he molded you specifically to be you because the world needed you. Now, I don't see how 8 billion people can all be super meaningful on this planet. I, I actually, I think reality suggests that a vast majority of humans are here to experience something different other than this world-changing, super important purpose. But for somehow, somehow Rick Warren's words and his message have largely been twisted or manipulated over time in the Christian world to this idea that everyone has a big giant divine purpose and until you have found yours, you're failing God and you're not living up to your fullest potential and all these other reasons why you should feel bad about being you. And that fruit, again, go listen to my episode on on judging a message by its fruit. I'm not saying the message itself is bad. What I'm saying is in a lot of people, it produced a lot of condemnation, a lot of frustration, a lot of tears. I've talked to people who have been in serious dismay and in serious internal distress and turmoil because it's been 20 years and they've still not figured out why they exist. They still haven't figured out their purpose. And that's a framework. If you know, Now we're going to the Toltec side of things, right? where everything's a dream and everything's a framework, and a framework that Christians have largely been given is, again, everyone's here for this big, giant purpose. And if you haven't found yours, you're failing. And that framework, I'm here to challenge that and say that's actually not at all. The purpose-driven lie is is why I've chosen to, to call it this, this episode this way. I think Rick Warren was super well-meaning. The book had a lot of great things. And awesome. But there was a lot of fallout, a lot of culture that was built inside of the church that I would question. And again, I think, and it comes from seeing the fruit of condemnation and a self-identity crisis and 
the fruit is just not there. So I think that a better title for the concept itself, forget about the book, I obviously would rewrite the book. The concept itself is more like the purpose of driving life, right? If you want to, <laughs> like, you're here and you're driving a life. You have a body that is your vehicle and you are here to, to drive existence. You are here to be a creator and the purpose of it is to live it. The purpose of life is to live. The purpose of life is to experience. And again, listen to previous episodes on some of that stuff, the meaning of life and whatnot, that that experiencing and living and the pursuit of happiness and, and the pursuit of joyful experiences and the experience of negative things and, and ob- observing your emotions and your feelings and letting things flow and all of these beautiful Toltec kind of um, the power of now ideas and what I teach is the meaning of life is that is the point of it. Now, for me, that's a much broader framework that allows for some people to be super driven, like myself, to go change the world and other people to have zero drive in them at all. And all they want to do is just have a predictable job they want to have a predictable income. They want to hopefully get married and maybe have some kids, maybe not. You know, I, there's, a, there's a whole generation of millennials that uh, I know a lot of parents and the generations in front of them, they don't know what to do because so many millennials don't have that same drive. And then those who do, it kind of takes the form of I want to change the world without actually having to do the work, right? I want, I want to be on camera, just don't make me actually learn how to operate a camera. Like, just film me and I'll be good. <laughs> so I've seen some of that and, that, and that, and there is this sense of injustice around a lot of things with the world. I think the millennial generation has a lot of strengths to it, and they are waking up to things that need to be addressed in the world. But I think a lot of them do kind of have more of a collective purpose feeling than the individual purpose. And the ones who do have individual purpose stand out like a sore thumb because there's so few and far between. So this view that I want to, that I'm trying to convey that some people do have this overarching driving, I'm going to change the world. I'm going to do important things. I'm going to be a billionaire. I'm going to have whatever that thing, those kids that you, when you were a kid, and those kids that never had any doubt that they were going to be successful, never had any doubt of what they wanted to do. And then those ones that just like, I don't know, I just want to have fun. Like, why are we asking about like, what's our life? Per- what do I want to be when I grow up? I just want to go play soccer. Like there is an entire energy, an entire class of people that just enjoy living. Now, you know, true confessions of a purpose-driven junkie. I thought less of those people for years. I thought, I, I bought into the idea, very, hook, line, and sinker, that everyone has a divine purpose, and if you just figure it out, you would be happy. That if you just figure out why you're here, and the big, and the big world-changing reason why you're supposed to exist, then you started doing it, that then you would be happy, you would, you know, play your part in the plane of God and everything like that. Well, I'm pretty damn sure that the plan of God is for you to have life and to have life abundantly. Shocker, right? That was a quote 
from Jesus, I came that you would have life and have it more abundantly. That is God's plan. If you are someone who wants to live your life and you want to be happy and you want to just have that normal job, you want you want that predictable, safe, enjoyable existence, and you don't have a need to change the world, you don't have a need to be an influencer, you don't have a need to be on stage or have some big, giant, fantastic, flashy purpose, and you just want to live life, go hunting when it's hunting season, go golfing when it's golf, you know, time to golf, have a good have a good Christmas and be able to buy your kids plenty of gifts. Like I admittedly thought less of those people. Um, not I don't know, somewhat consciously. It wasn't I'm not a judgy jerk. It's just more of like a I, I thought those people just were missing out on on the deeper things of life and that they really did have a purpose. They just weren't being responsible with it. So I didn't think of less of them as like people who aren't smart or anything like that. It was more like I just thought less of them as people who were missing out on on diving into something God had asked them to do. And by and large, that started to fade years ago when I got away from the idea of, of the God is in control idea. Right? I was on a um <laughs> I was on a Facebook group. Um I think it's one of the podcaster groups I'm a part of. And somebody came on and had a, a paragraph or two, I can't remember, but the basic gist of the paragraph was, you know, these major principles of existence, and one of them is that God is in control. Oh, I remember what it was. I won't mention it by name. Um, but yeah, I was actually listening to uh, a podcast, and one of the points that was made is just how sovereign God is and how much control he has. And I thought, that idea absolutely is the cornerstone idea that then so many bad ideas branch off of that. One is, so what do you do with all the abortions? God made that happen. What do you do with all the murders? What do you do with all the rape? What do you do with World War I, World War II? You know, where is God's control? Right? Either he is a, he's also the same God who murdered Jesus, so he wouldn't have to murder you. So this controlling, control freak in the sky God doesn't give you free will, doesn't, and so it's the, the idea falls apart very quickly, and you would have these same people would say that oh you know we have free will and he's given us the power to choose and everything that, but God's in control. Look guys, you can't have it both ways. It's a logical fallacy to say that God is in control, and that you have free will. So I I chose which kind of you know every time I record, it's a tradition of mine that I I drink a little glass of whiskey. I enjoy a good a glass of bourbon or scotch or whatever. I choose what what I want to what I want to drink for that recording. What I want to drink for that episode. It's not God's controlling me, right? Now this is not to get into the predestination versus free will debate. That debate for me needs a much deeper foyer into how the universe works and what part we play in the creative process of the individual and the creative process of the universe, that we are co-creators with God. And so, in that sense, God is certainly in control because you are God, right? You are a physical manifestation of God. You are an individual expression of the of the one universal mind known as God. You are 
an expression of that being. And so in that case, certainly God's in control, but you are the one doing the controlling. That's how free will and predestination go hand in hand. That is Austin's explanation in a nutshell. You can rewind it, <laughs> take notes, think about it. But, uh, and it's an easy debate when you understand how the universe works. And we understand that you are a physical manifestation of God. Then the whole control debate begins to answer itself. And so I say all that to say, when I started to question God's controlling, quote unquote, persona, the, the, fa- the opinion, the theory that God is in control of everything, I then started to, one of the dominoes that kind of fell after that was this idea that God made every single person for a specific divine, designed purpose, right? So what is the general purpose of existence if it's not to be happy, right? That I came, I came at you to have life in heaven more abundantly. The pursuit of happiness, the pursuit of even those who have found depression, even those who have found themselves in a dark place, they do what they do. Because they think that what they do will make them happier, right? And the human mind is an, uh, and the human psyche is a fascinating thing where we often do dark and painful things because it makes us happy in a backwards way, right? The idea of if I punish my, if I give all my possessions away, it makes me financially strapped and miserable, but somehow, somewhere, I did it because I felt like I deserved it. Like you don't actually do anything that doesn't in some way feed your pursuit of being better, being happier. Everything you do, even the negative things, actually fits into this. And it's hard to, you know, this would be one of those things I'm sure there's people listening going, well, what about this? What about that? We would need to have a discussion. I do believe you would see what I'm, what I'm really saying is that all creative movement is a pursuit. All decisions, which is creative movement. That's a fancy way. It's a simple way to say what I mean is creative movement. All decisions to act, regardless of what that action is, is you would not choose that thing if you did not think that it was the right choice. And in thinking it's the right choice, it often takes, it most often takes the pursuit of, I'm going, this is better than everything else. This is where I'm at now falls short of where I would be after I make that choice. And so I make that choice. And in essence, it is a pursuit of happiness, a pursuit of betterness, a pursuit of experience. And we do not, and even the ones where we're like, oh, I, hate, I hate that I have to do this, so I do it anyway. There's still mechanisms and they're in there that you're choosing it because you think it's the better choice, even if you hate it. Okay, so just meditate on it a bit and you'll see what I mean. That the pursuit of happiness, the pursuit of bettering thing, the, any movement, any choice, any forward moving thing is where you will find the meaning of life. The meaning of life is to be a creator, is to pursue happiness, it's to move forward, it is to expand the experience of God being the I am, right? The great I am, the universal mind, has never experienced I amness the way he has through you. The universal mind, the great I am, God, has never experienced I amness the way he has through me, or the way he has through that baby that was aborted in that energy, in that hospital, in that relationship, or the person who was killed in the concentration camp, 
or the person who died in a car accident, or all of these things, if you want to look at the meaning of life, if you want to look at the purpose of life, if you look at the frameworks that people have built and say, oh, the meaning of life is to have 2.5 kids, white picket fence, and a dog, well, what do you do with all the people who don't? Right. So if you're going to find a so-called, this is a good little principle for any question you ask of a spiritual nature. If it doesn't apply to everybody on the planet, and if it doesn't principally apply to everything in the universe, then what you have is a secondary answer. You don't have a primary cause. Right. You don't have a, the causation of all of those of all of those things is the real answer you're looking for. It's the real answer that I look for anyway. So what is the meaning of life? Well, clearly it's not to have X, Y, and Z existence, because many, many people don't, right? The meaning of life is to expand and experience existence, to, for God, the I am, to experience itself as you, in you, in a way that it never has before. That is the purpose of driving life, right? The purpose-driven lie is that there's this plan that is outside of you that until you play your part, you won't be meaningful to God, right? This really comes into play if you buy into the idea of reincarnation, which, again, I think I've said a few times publicly at this point that I'm, I'm buying more and more into the, that idea that we are divine consciousnesses that learn and grow and become and that all species are conscious on some level, and that that's what the universe will continually do, is different qualities of consciousness will become more and more divine, more and more creative, more and more like their original source. And we are a species that is experiencing that on our planet at this time. And so if you believe in reincarnation, to me, this, this really gets into, like the point of life is to not just to experience, but also to grow and learn. So that baby who got aborted, whatever energies it needed, epigenetically or whatever, it got. Whatever person got killed in a concentration camp, they needed that experience, they needed to learn. And a lot of us, you know, if, if, that, if reincarnation is a thing, then a lot of those experiences were you. You experienced those things. You experienced what it was like to be murdered. You experienced what it was like to be at war. You experienced what it was like to be in charge. And all of the things that you needed to experience to learn that the that the meaning of life the purpose is to drive life the purpose is to experience and to grow and sometimes it may be that you're the next president of the United States and other times it may be that you are completely quote unquote purposeless and all you do is you're a slave right and you just do what you're told for your whole life i mean that's that's the truth of the human the 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 gamut of human experience and so if the definition of the meaning of life is that everyone has to be X, Y, and Z, purpose-driven, whatever, it falls short of being able to wrap up everybody in that framework. And so I'm attempting to give a framework that wraps up all versions of experience. What is the purpose of life? What is the purpose of existence if it is not to experience and to grow and again, if you add in, in reincarnation, would be to learn and expand your sense of consciousness and identity. So I want to spend the last third of this episode talking about those of us who, you know, 
<laughs> maybe some tips and tricks. I don't know. That's kind of a thing I've been doing lately. But uh, some personal notes, right? As someone who has spent many years kind of obsessing over this idea of purpose and um, finding why I'm here and, and changing the world, uh, I want to, on behalf of, of myself and all of us purpose-driven junkies, I want to apologize to anyone out there who is not a purpose-driven junkie. I think I, I don't think I'm the only one who has made people feel like they are less than, quote-unquote, that they're not good enough, that they, they should be finding this big, magnificent, shiny thing known as purpose. And if it's not a passion of theirs, then they're not doing, they're not humaning good enough. I'm sorry. I, I didn't realize that really what you do when you're trying, when especially parents do this all the time, like, oh, my kid's got this great purpose. And they hold this purpose over their kid's head. And every week, every month, and every year that their kid doesn't meet that purpose, oh, my son, he can, he's going to change the world. My son's going to change the world. My son's going to change the world. Has your son gotten pissed off at you yet? Because he's going to. Because all you're doing is saying, until you change the world, I don't think you're doing good enough. Right? It's a backhanded insult of saying, you're better than this. Ergo, you're actually worse than you should be. Right? You're more capable than this because I believe in you so much. And the backhanded thing is, is therefore, you're actually falling short of what you're capable of. And so I've been one of those people. I've tried to encourage so many people for so many years, whether they were students of mine, uh, you know, intimate relationships, family, best friends, whatever. I've tried to encourage so many people to find this big, magnificent, shiny purpose because I had one and it drove me so, so purely, so consistently. It is, it has been my true north. I actually was having a conversation with Ronnie Harum, a friend of mine, and uh, he talked about how you know, he wished someday he could just wake up and have from a dream where God just explicitly told him what to do. And, you know, then he wouldn't have to wonder what his purpose was all the time. And uh, and he wouldn't feel lost when he has nothing to do and he's not sure what to do with his life. And he's just a, he's a dad who's got a great job and, he, and a good family and, and he loves that, but sometimes he feels purposeless. And he was expressing like, man, it would be so nice if I just could, God would just tell me in a dream and then I would always know. And he was kind of saying it sarcastically, if you will, or maybe a bit facetiously. And I'm just laughing. I'm like, he's like, what? And I was like, dude, I, I actually did have God tell me in a dream exactly what he wanted me to do. And those of you who know me personally, I did. I had a dream uh, and God told me what he wanted me to do. It's the only dream I've ever had. There was no interpretation. It was exactly a conversation with God. And it has been my true north for 15 years. And even before that dream, I had this deep sense of purpose and direction and, and intention. But since then, heck, geez, I've ne- I have never wavered. But the backhand of that whole energy is anybody who's not like me apparently isn't doing it right. And I'm sorry. And I'm sorry if you've had people in your life that are like myself who have tried to encourage you. And really, all they've really done is just heaped a whole bunch of condemnation on you for not being good enough. I promise you they don't know what they're doing. They're they're excited about their purpose and they're trying to help you find yours because they want you to be as excited as they are. And they don't realize that if that goes on for year after year after year after year, at some point, 
It just becomes a source of, I'm not good enough. You don't like who I really am. You don't think I'm good enough unless I'm more like you. And I must be a failure, right? That There's so many versions of that. A lot of people that I have mentored have kind of walked away, I think, because they couldn't, they didn't feel like they could keep up with this big, massive purpose. And unless they had a space in that purpose, um, they weren't really welcome into my life and everything like that. And some of it, you know, I'm ashamed to say there was probably some truth to how they felt. Um, it wasn't intentional. It certainly wasn't a judgment on, on them as somebody who loved God or wanted to be a good person. I just didn't know any better. I didn't know, and I never thought about, man, it would be really nice if all I wanted out of life, quote unquote, I even need to change my language. I'm sorry. <laughs> if all I wanted, like, it would be really nice if what I wanted out of life was a white picket fence, 2.5 kids, a dog, and a nice job where I go on vacation every year, I have a nice Christmas every year, that predictable, safe, secure life. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a teacher who loves to push people's buttons. I take risks all the time, most of which are st- stupid scary, but I love it. and And it doesn't scare me and it's part of how I live and I sometimes do wish that I didn't have the drive that I have I sometimes do wish that I would just settle in and settle down and just enjoy life because I have seen in in this year in 2019 with the Toltec Wisdom Tradition the Four Agreements it's really opened up my eyes to see that enjoying life is the point Now, I enjoy risk. I enjoy the purpose-driven life. I enjoy the, the way I've chosen to be. But I've also had moments where I, I, I realized, man, I really could enjoy not being the risk taker. I really could enjoy just that, that predictable life. And predictable is not an insult. From coming from where I'm sitting, right? It, predictable is not an insult. It's actually something I wish I had more of. And... Seeing that and seeing the fact that, you know what, there's, there are millions, probably there's billions of people who just want that safe, predictable, comfortable life. And instead of condemning them that they're not figured, they haven't figured out their big, their big, hairy, audacious goals they're you know, not everyone has them. And better said, not everyone needs them. The world doesn't need everybody to be a world changer. That would be pandemonium, right? And so on behalf of all of us purpose-driven individuals, to all of you listening who aren't, I'm sorry. And I've learned a few a few things from those of you who, who have taken the time to say, you know, to, to articulate what drives you, what, what makes you tick. And I found some reasons to be a bit jealous because I, I think it is beautiful. Those of you who want a safe, predictable, normal life, that is a really beautiful thing. Is is in in many ways it is the it is the overarching purpose of humanity's existence as a whole. Are there individuals who have certain things to do? Yes, but humanity as a whole, its point is to experience life, and I think there's a reason that a vast majority of humans fall into that category because that is God. That's that's God's primary heart is just to experience living and to enjoy it. 
not to always have the stress and the risks and everything like that, but just experience living and getting that experience. The average human experience is better. Every decade it gets better and better and better. And I believe that's where God resides. And so that perspective is fresh for me in the, in the last few years. It's certainly been driven home this year when I've understood the, the pursuit of happiness as being the point. And uh, now to flip that script a bit, for those of you who don't have a purpose, you know, that purpose-driven thing, and you have people in your life that are obsessed with it, and they've been a source of condemnation, they've been a source of frustration, they've been a source of whatever, hopefully now you understand a little bit, uh, a little bit more about how that dynamic can, can flow better. And to help them understand that they don't, that not everybody has to have that big life-changing, world earth-shattering purpose thing that they think everyone needs to have, maybe share with them this podcast. It is, it's logically kind of stupid to think that everyone would be like Obama or Trump. You can only have one president at a time. There's 8 billion people. Only one human at a time gets to do be that quote-unquote important. And there's only so many teachers, you know, there's, we still need people, we still need moms, we still need dads, we still need lots of other roles to be fulfilled, and not everyone can be Elon Musk, and not everyone needs to be Sadhguru. I mean, there's just, whether it's teachers or business people or politicians, you name it, there's varying levels of purpose and varying levels of importance and varying levels of success, and I think we have forgotten the beauty of normalcy the the beauty of owning a fishing boat because you have a good job and you can go fishing on the weekends hopefully if you've been on the receiving end of one of those individuals uh, like myself maybe you can have a little bit more grace for it is a thing that drives us it is a thing that when when i wake up every day i do genuinely wonder if the, today's today that on where i unlock the thing that i knew i was here for because unfortunately on the back side of it until you're doing that thing you always you do feel like you're still struggling you still feel like you're failing you still feel like you haven't arrived and if that's you and you know you've had purpose and and you just haven't found it yet then you need to find it this is not me say hey give up just go be one of those people no this is me acknowledging that there are quote unquote you know there's two types of people in this world those with a purpose-driven life and those with a, the purpose of driving life. I don't know. I don't know. Not to be so uh, basic and boiling it down to that simplicity. But yeah, there's there's those who really want to change things and flip the world upside down. And they've always known it. And then there's those who just want to live and, and enjoy their life. And I have a newfound appreciation for that crowd. A newfound appreciation for those of you out there in my life. If you're in my life and, the, and you're one of those people, I, I, I am deeply sorry for if I've ever made you feel like you weren't good enough. If I've ever made you feel like you needed to be doing more for the kingdom or you need to be doing more for the universe or you are missing out on the true experience of living, you need to be more like me, right? I don't believe that anymore. I definitely don't believe that anymore. As a matter of fact, I, I'm looking to become more like you because... There is a beauty to simplicity. There's a beauty to enjoying life. 
And there are just, there's pieces of life that have become unenjoyable because of all the risks that I've taken, because it has, it has been a super difficult challenge because I've held this, I've held this target over my head, that dream that I was given by God. I have, you know, all right, sir, I'll go make it happen. And I still want that to happen. I'm still pursuing it, but I'm letting some of the reins go and I'm, I'm letting some of it, some things settle and some dust, dust settle and, and some smooth kind of ease come into my life. And I do desire a little bit more predictability, a little bit more safety. And it's really helped me. It's one of the reasons I'm doing this episode right now. Life is, 2019 has seen the, uh, the explosion of just pretty much everything in my life. And I'm looking at friends and family that made different decisions. And while I don't regret where I'm at, I'm, I'm powerfully sitting where I'm at. I'm certainly seeing the value of where else I, where I could have been, right? Had I made different choices, had I had a different perspective, um, I, I don't think less of, of those choices. I needed to make the choices I made, um, because of who I am. But, uh, I love those of you in my life who have really helped me see the value of the bigger purpose of life, the, the bigger purpose that wraps everybody up and not just those of us who want to change the world. If you're not purpose-driven, awesome. And don't buy into the idea that that makes you less of a human. <laughs> and if you are purpose-driven, great. And don't buy into the idea that anybody who's not as passionate as you is is less of a human. And I think that is one of the things that kind of has come from this purpose-driven idea. It I don't know if it originated with Rick Warren. I I feel like it kind of he kind of spawned a whole series of psychology and life coaching and all this stuff like find your purpose, find your meaning. Um, I think there's there's a pretty sizable amount of condemnation and leaven in that concept that that even life coaches and stuff like that. I mean, it's it's super pervasive in our world. And I don't think anybody's out there really advocating the pursuit of normalcy. Like nobody wants to be normal. Everyone wants to be special. Everyone wants to be. And in, in some ways, normal is uh, the higher calling of existence because it's the vast majority of humans are experiencing normal. And I think that's, uh, and that normal is getting better and better every decade. It's Across the planet, normal is getting better. And I think that's the point. Those of us who are pushing into the future and, and pulling normal higher, great. And those of us who are, are living normal and, and letting others do that work, awesome. Enjoy yourselves. And uh, let's see, you know, maybe we can, can't see some of those purpose-driven people who've been living in condemnation, maybe take a step back and realize that they were just doing what they thought they were supposed to do instead of what they really wanted to do. And then those of you who maybe just got so sick of the purpose-driven thing, but now if you maybe relax and hear this and settle into the peace of just a normal life, maybe purpose will suddenly, will suddenly find you. I don't know. Um, I've just, I've stopped trying to judge it and just let people pursue happiness and be happy. And, uh, it's been a really, really good shift for me because I've found a newfound value in just all sorts of people and all sorts of perspectives. And, uh, and honestly, I've been less, become less enamored with my own and less impressed with my own. It's just been a very good flattening of 
how I view the world. And it's something that I hope I have imparted today in a way that uh, is helpful for your own personal journey and the journeys of those around you. So as always, thank you for your time and please consider donating. Uh, Financially, things are as hard as they've ever been in my life. Um, So any gifts or extra gifts, if you're a regular giver, are highly appreciated. Uh, All I will ever ask is that you talk to Spirit about it and do what he, he, it, she says. Um, Because uh, that's, that's where the true creative power of the world lies. So follow your intuition, but at least I ask that you would consider it. And thank you for doing so. Otherwise, um, I will be headed back to Arizona for Thanksgiving this week and uh, will be with my family for the first time in over a year. So that'll be fun. And um, we'll uh, be back next week. And I've been thinking through the potential of doing another series, kind of like we did the, the Path to Enlightenment series. I've been thinking through a couple other different series ideas. So uh, maybe we'll hit the ground running the first of the year and do an episode or two on Thanksgiving or Christmas or whatever between now and then but uh, that's kind of where my thoughts are at and uh, we'll see what happens so god bless you guys love you see you on the next episode